Hello, hello. Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum and a proud member of the Drum Click Podcast Network. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and this week's guest is Lena Anderberg. I found out about Lena through her Instagram, which is at Lena Anderberg. You can check the spelling from the title of this episode, and I was immediately blown away. She's originally from Sweden, but moved to LA to go to Musicians Institute right before the world basically shut down. And it was quite the frustrating story dealing with all that, so she's currently back in Stockholm, awaiting for her opportunity to get back to the States. In the meantime, I was really excited to pick her brain because she has an incredible pocket, and at the top of the show, I definitely oogle over her hand technique, and I actually had to cut some stuff out because apparently I would just not move on. But I guarantee Lena is going to be playing with some amazing artists in the future, and I can't wait to see her career continue to flourish. So please enjoy my conversation with Lena Anderberg on the top influences that made her into the drummer she is today. Cheers. Your technique, watching you play, you are so relaxed and uh, natural Um, because I am such a... I don't want to say a technique nerd because my technique, if you watch me play, you're like, he's definitely not a technique nerd. But can you talk a little bit about your education on how you approach that? Because it seems like you have a lot of facility in that specific area. Like, this is so funny you mentioned this because in my opinion, I have no technique at all. I don't even know what I'm doing. Like... Because, Which is you know, probably why it's so natural, because <laughs> you're actually, you're not thinking about the things you've been told, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I never did the whole snare drum uh, high school thing, you know, I was never in, like, high school band, you know, never played mm-hmm. the snare drum. I did it, I, until, like, two years ago, I couldn't, like, play any rudiments, I couldn't anything, not double strokes, not anything, so I've just been, like, I've been watching people, how their hands been kind of looking, and I've been trying to, like... Okay, not doing something similar, but I'm like watching people and then I'm like building my own kind of technique. But if you talk to some of my teachers, my technique is chaos. <laughs> They're like, okay, you need to change it. Like my drum teacher, Adamai, he's the best, by the way, Fred Dinkes. But he's like, oh my God, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I so I mean I guess it, it it makes sense but also doesn't make sense. I mean anyone listening to this go watch Lena. She's just the way you're I don't want to focus on this the whole time. <laughs> Let's focus on your hands. But um just the way that the stick can go with different strokes and you want to go delicate in the hi hat, you can just see if you put it in slow motion, the way it moves around your hand is so uh intuitive and it's something that I always overanalyze. It's like I, I have a block in front of me. Um, because I know what I should be doing or, you know, quote unquote, should be doing that the natural motion of my hand is kind of hindered sometimes. And so um, how do you break down your practice routine? So like uh, I started playing, I started practice drums really late. I was like 19. I was like, okay, I want to be a drummer. So I was like, I need to practice and be good, like as fast as I can. So right when I actually started practice drums, I was like, okay, I have to know what to do because I need to improve my playing fast. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm old now. No, but so I always <laughs> had a plan. Like I always not always I haven't done it in a few months because we are all human. Like we're not robots. But mm-hmm. I always make a schedule and it's time based. So I do 30 minutes like 30 minutes um how do you say parts? So I always have 30 minutes and then five minutes break, 30 minutes, five minutes break. And then I write down everything, like the warm up. If it's like hands, then maybe single and doubles and what BPM. And then I have five minutes rest and then it's 30 minutes bass drum. And then I write down like maybe triples, doubles, just eight notes. And then I have 30 minutes, maybe coordination, 30 minutes, a jazz coordination or, you know, and then I always have like this time, like maybe I do 30 minutes twice. So I have a 30 minutes jazz coordination, five minutes break, 30 minutes jazz coordination, five minutes break. So that's because I am like, I cannot keep focus. When it's been like three minutes, I'm like, it's been three hours, I need to eat. But <laughs> yeah, so it's like, if me. I don't have the timer, I'm like completely out sailing. Like, I don't know where my mind is. 
do you consider yourself a, like a type A personality that is that when you're focused, you're focused or? When I'm focused, I'm still not focused. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as much as I can, yeah. But I really have to, like, I have to turn off the wife. I have to, like, do everything because otherwise the phone is a big distractor. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and actually, so what I'm doing is actually the five minutes is five minutes social media break. Okay. Maybe, you know, standing up, drink some water, but yeah. is the whole Instagram five minutes, okay, back. And then it's mm-hmm. 30 minutes. But, and sometimes I, I kind of do my schedule maybe before my practice is starting. I usually take like maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, just chilling down, sitting down when I arrive like to the lockout or practice room, whatever. And I'm making my plan for the day. But this is, you know, when I have time, when I'm not playing, you know. So, yeah, it's basically I just try to write down what I'm going to do. Otherwise, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Well, I I believe that because you're very thorough. When I asked you, I mean, most guests I ask, I'm like, hey, just give me a very, a very brief, you know, like list of the of the questions you wrote. You wrote a lot in your responses. So, oh, I uh, did. I, I thought I was like not writing. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant that in a good way because I mean, it's like okay, I, I kind of got to know you via your answers. Uh, but let's just yeah, let's just hop into your top five. Yes. So uh, again, I send my guests some prompts. I don't say they have to stay within these these prompts, but a lot of them do because my prompts are just so amazing. I guess <laughs> the first one is a specific groove that completely changed the way you think about drums. And you actually gave me a few of them. Yeah, but uh, I was talking about like, um, the thing is, this is so embarrassing. I cannot pronounce this band name. And I've been listening to them for like a couple of years. But I like to say like hiatus, hi- like, no, I cannot even say it. This is I so mean, embarrassing. As of right now, what you said was how I would pronounce it so far. <laughs> how are you saying it? Hiatus Coyote. Hiatus Coyote. Yeah. Why? Why have I never said that? I don't know. I'm I'm Swedish. I blame. I'm Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also don't say that band name out loud a lot. So. Um, Me neither, because I'm avoiding it because I don't want to say wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just make up a nickname for them that you say, and then if people <laughs> like, what's that? Like, oh, you don't call them by this nickname? You must not be a fan club member. Oh my god, um, that's so smart. And they're gonna be like, yeah, I am, but that's not in the fan club. I'm like, okay, I'm the VIP fan club. <laughs> you don't know Haikai? Oh yeah, I love Haikai. Haikai! Oh, that's that's great. I'm gonna say that from now. There you go. Haikai. <laughs> so yeah, if people don't know, it's Hiatus Coyote. Yes. Yeah, uh, so yeah, the specific grooves like, um, that been like, how do you say impacting my playing like yeah yeah that works yeah so um that band like the um, chose your weapon album i was mm-hmm. you know kind of went to music school and my friends listened to that album and i was like what is this and i was like this whole like kind of behind the beat groove thing like that that was new to me i was like this is so amazing <laughs> You immediately thought it was amazing. Yeah, and but okay. but I couldn't figure out like ninety percent of the songs. <laughs> I think Nakamura was the only one I could even try to jam to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, first of all, what is happening? And then I'm like, this is so cool. But it was like kind of um, uh, when I started practice drums. I actually went to jazz school because I figured if I gonna like be good as fast as possible i need to study jazz (laughs) and then was when i heard like this whole beat thing because i was only introduced to like traditional jazz and then my classmates was like oh have you listened to this and they also showed me like the um, gretchen parlato um Mm -hmm. so that song like the weak song um that groove in the chorus and the verse and like that music it was new to me everything like that it was new to me so that kind of made me think like oh you can actually like play behind the beat or like this sounds so groovy but it's still in time but it's not but it is you know yeah uh so i was like okay but 
I didn't even know like how to play it or if I could or anything but that really inspired me and like expanded my vocabulary and I'm like okay it's not only traditional jazz beats this is actually pretty cool stuff when you say they showed you traditional jazz um, that might mm-hmm. mean different things to different people what what uh, what do you mean by that oh um, like the um, the real book jazz like the jazz standards mm-hmm and it was like because music was new to me, jazz was new to me. Like this is was new to me, so uh, I just like oh my god, the world like opened up. I don't know. <laughs> Did you like jazz, or is it kind of one of those I should learn this? And so you kind of it's like eating broccoli for some people. Yes, I was like okay, if I want to be good, I need to learn this. And first, I thought I like okay, I wanted to be a jazz drummer. Um, because I was like, that was the first thing I started to practice. Mm -hmm. But then I also realized I don't want to be a jazz drummer. So also when I heard other kind like type of music, I'm like, okay, there's other music around. Like, because the jazz standards bores me, like the whole, like the slow standards brush thing. I was like falling asleep and I was so ashamed. I'm like, am I supposed to feel tired when I'm playing this? Or like my mind was like oh, what's for dinner later? But I'm like, oh, shit, I'm here playing. So then I realized I don't want to be a jazz drummer. Well, see, I'm thinking about what's for dinner later, even when I'm having a great time playing drums. So that's oh, that's too. a hard barometer for me to <laughs> gauge. Um, so let's, before we move on, because you did mention mention Gretchen, um, let's play a song from, from Choose Your Weapon, from Hiatus Coyote, which is Perrin Moss on the drums, insane drummer. Yes. I'd love to get him on. But is there a specific song from the record? I do have the record pulled up. Um, You had mentioned the one that was a little more uh, approachable for you. But did you want to play one that was a little like, what the hell was this? Mm, By Fire. By Fire? Okay. Yeah. so good like actually to be honest i haven't learned this song yet like because <laughs> that's like, it we're done thanks for being on the show <laughs> like I, i'm gonna be honest like theoretically i have no idea what's going on in the song Me but too. so i would just take it out by ear and if someone asks i'm like ask someone else i don't know <laughs> do you because a lot of his stuff and i've asked a few like ash Stone was on the show uh madden class was on the show and she actually brought up Perrin i love as well. her she's so amazing she's yes mm-hmm. i agree <laughs> um and so i asked them how they dissect the whole d'angelo thing do you think of it in like quintuplets or do you purely go off just feel it's just feel has it okay yeah the thing is like I have, like, the theoretical stuff or, like, how to explain or how it's notated, like, 99% of the times, I have no idea. Mm. I just take it out by ear. Like, usually I'm not even counting anything, but I should. <laughs> no, but... you, don't, you don't need to. I, the reason why I ask is because, and I'm not to interrupt you, I apologize, but the reason why I ask is because there is no through line with everyone, you know? I was so curious with talking to these drummers that... I have so much respect for that they were like, well, most of the ones that are at a certain level know this or they do it this way or they have this perspective and it's seriously all over the board. So uh, it's cool that you, I think I think uh, Madden was saying that she does think of it in fives because that's what she was taught to think of it in. Um, I'm sure she also goes off feel, but it's rad that you're different, you know? Yeah. But let's also play a song by by Gretchen Parlato, and it's uh, the song Week, which was a live performance uh, in 2014. 
which with Kendrick Scott on drums. And so I, I told you before we started this <laughs> that I have a funny story. If anyone, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode, you've listened to Mark Giuliana's episode as well. And in that episode, I don't play the song on air, but I do reference that I played a song that was not him on drums. I kind of started off I was like, oh, this is one of my favorite songs of you live. And I pushed it. And he was like, yeah, that's great drums. Uh, that's not me, though. <laughs> and I felt like a complete idiot. So I'm happy that this song is is getting its day in the sun because it's a great intro. And uh, again, it's not Mark Giuliana. It is Kendrick Scott. But let's just <laughs> and, play and that real quick. And also, I want to yeah. add, like, for a while, uh, I thought it was Mark Giuliana played this too. So you're not alone. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was just like I was so I so I have so much respect for all my guests, but Mark uh, was one of those guests that I was like really ex- really excited to talk to, and I just blew it right off the bat. It was very typical of me. So this is Gretchen Week, or sorry, Gretchen Parlato playing playing Week. technical and like he's doing such small movements but it sounds so clear and so crispy and i'm like how all right well let's just go on to number two and it's uh your favorite fill choice Mm -hmm. and or moment from a certain record so this was like actually um because to be honest i am very bad at listening to whole records i'm mostly listening to songs I don't know mm-hmm. if it has with my like patience to do or something, but I'm like, okay, I like these songs, but I, I don't listen to the whole album. Like, I add my favorite songs from the album, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, but I have to talk about Lana Lewis, yeah, and not Snarky Puppy. I want to talk about like the song he did with um, I don't know if I'm gonna say his name right, Anthony. His last name, Bruh. Brancati. Brancati. It's like these names. I'm like super bad with. Like, Here's the thing. I sound. I said. Well, I, I didn't sound super confident when I said it, but I'll just say <laughs> Brancati, and uh, we'll get a bunch of hate mail if it's wrong. So Anthony Brancati. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm gonna say name wrong. Names wrong. Name wrong. Names wrong. <laughs> well, you said name wrong too. I guess. I'm just kidding. I'm like okay. I'm just gonna shut up now. No. So. He's doing like a um, project with him, like a song with him, um, the neo funk song. Where like, the thing is like, because I'm inspired of like a different genres. Like I like a lot of music. Like we had the Gretchen Parlato, but also like the funk things. Like uh, also Snarky Puppy, I love them really much. But this specific song, when he's playing in the studio with Anthony, um, it's just so groovy and he's like he's playing the groove he's making like the track justice and like let everybody shine until the drum solo comes on like Mm. he's doing like small fills but he don't have to show off he's like so he looks so comfortable like i'm just here having my morning coffee playing some drums and it's like funky groovy and then he's like bursting out in like a drum solo thing and you so, love you love pop music, and that's yes. definitely a huge perspective to have, <laughs> more so than any other music, because it's not it's about the groove, it's about staying in the pocket. I mean, I guess any you can make an argument any music would be about that, but knowing when to shine and knowing when to d- earn your paycheck that it's not just a drum machine in the back, because obviously they want you to be yes. on stage to do a little bit of human stuff, but to know when not to do that. Um, and I agree, yeah, Larnell's amazing with that. Uh, before we listen to him, do you have any... What do you think is the most expressive way on the instrument for you to put some Lena-isms in there? Do you have, like, your bag of hi-hat stuff, or do you like doing snare stuff? <laughs> I mean, because I definitely have my three fills that I'm like, oh, this is going to come out today. Um, sh- oh, my God. I have no idea. What is me? 
Who am I? Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> no, no, but seriously, okay. So I think um, actually, I I don't know. Maybe does every drummer have this kind of own thing? Um, maybe you don't I. Have, yeah, I, I'm I'm like doing small changes on my setup, like pretty mm. often. Mm-hmm. Because in that way, I feel like I play different. Like if I remove a tom or if I place the crash different, I change the crash. Like I put a splash on the hi-hat. So I think I kind of like to mix around with the setup and maybe exchange like small details. Um, maybe put on some big fat snare drum things, you know. There we go. <laughs> I see. I saw it when you, when you got up to adjust something. I saw... I saw the halo on the tom back yeah. there, so that's nice. Yeah, I was playing some D'Angelo, like I was jamming some D'Angelo before. I was like, I'm gonna put this on the floor, Tom. It's cool. And yeah. so I think just like, just trying to do small adjustments, just because I'm also get bored with my setup all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like, like it's like okay, I have this every day. I'm gonna practice on this every day. Okay, I'm gonna change this. Oh my god, I cannot play anymore. You know, yeah. remove a tom, and you're like, ninety-eight percent of my fills is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for me, I always adjust the hi hat and like the toms uh, to be like maybe this is like if I move it a quarter inch this way, this will be the setup that will make me the best drummer in the world. You know, okay, all, yeah, everything so, will just fall into place now. So I think one thing that is not good, but I'm doing it, like I constantly adjust levels on the chair, on the hi hat, on the snare because. Oh, like I can feel comfortable at one practice session and the next mm-hmm. one I'm like uh what is this I have to change it and then 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 I'm like making a video or something I'm like it cannot look like this it looks weird so I'm like I have to change it back so like and I'm like this is not comfortable so I'm like always doing small adjustments on that too and that's not a good thing I'm trying not to do it but I don't know why I'm doing it well, no, and I see drummers that have the same setup for years, and I just don't, I, I don't know, that doesn't compute with me. No. Um, respect, obviously, but it just doesn't compute. Hey, y'all, I wanted to, <laughs> I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye uh, speaking of not computing, the dr- the drumming of Larnell uh, does not compute with me because he's so amazing. So, how about that segue? Let's just click on this YouTube video uh, of the one you were referencing with Anthony Brincotti. Let's see if it's an ad. It is for Grammarly. <laughs> uh, they're both telling us like. I think I needed uh, Grammarly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I had a premium version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
I would screw up all those hits. <laughs> Have you seen the video him like learning a song of like one listening through that Metallica song? Yeah. No, it, it's another song. Oh, it's another song. Yeah, yeah, it's another Dromeo clip, and he's like have one listening through the track, and then he's like playing it. And also, I was like, um, I was at a clinic with him a few years ago in Stockholm, and then he talked about like, yeah, I take ten minutes learning a couple of songs, and then I'm play. I'm like, uh, excuse me. 10 minutes learning a couple of songs. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure they're not just like, okay, four in the floor, knowing the verse no, comes on. No, it's like on. snarky songs or exactly. something. Like super hard arrangements. And and he also, like, I got inspired about the whole, like I was talking about the practice timing thing. Like, uh, because he told me, he told me, he told us at the clinic, he told only me. <laughs> he focused on no, you No, he, he spoke about like, he's doing the... Um, timed sessions and then the breaks the small breaks between everything so like he does the social media break coffee water whatever mm -hmm. so i i really took that advice from him like started to do that when it comes to social media do you feel it's i mean do you enjoy it or is it a, a, a career focused work thing for you <laughs> um that's i do like i enjoy it because the people that following me like they give me so much like i'm like totally mind blown because mm -hmm. people are like you know commenting and writing dms and i'm like what why are they following me i'm just me like for me i'm just a, the same person i've been my whole life i'm like i'm not even cool i'm not in but so for that like I get a lot from them. Like they push me to want to like make better, like upgrade my videos, upgrade my playing, deliver better material. But also when the following grows, I get so much like anxiety and I feel pressure like it's actually like lately I've deleted so many video recordings because I'm like, I can't post this because it's not good enough. So mm. it's like that kind of stresses me, but I'm trying to not think, I'm trying to not think that way. Like this is not good enough. I can't post this. But at the same time, I kind of have to because you have to keep up some kind of level on the things you're posting. Otherwise, people are going to like not follow you anymore. Mm -hmm. But still like the benefits with it, they do like like the following it gives me a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. like you know companies discovering me and you know so like i'm really really grateful and i'm like how is this happening <laughs> i don't know but so it's it's like kind of 50 50 but mostly good things but also like the stress anxiety thing when you say something's not good enough are you referring to you're playing or you think that the video like oh my the part i created wasn't interesting enough or the video didn't look cool enough what's your main barometer only of what's the, only cool? the drum playing i always focus like on how the drums sounds mm -hmm. or like how i'm playing i'm like i play so bored like boring here i can't post this or like okay this is a four on the floor track i'm i can post it but i'm gonna get like not as much likes as if I post a fusion song. But of mm -hmm. course, I post like, I post whatever I want to. I can post three, four on the floor songs and then one fusion. Like, I, I try to not care about that, but I know like what people are gonna, how they are gonna react to what I'm posting. Yeah. So when it's not good enough, it's because maybe it was one hit on the snare that was flaming, you know? It's very like, how do you say it? self criticism i cannot even say that word critical. yeah just overcritical yourself yeah maybe but well, so it's not good enough for me i don't know about anyone else but <laughs> well i don't know if i've talked about this on the show but uh if people knew how many times i recorded the intros for these these episodes 
Because I'm like, hello, hello, welcome. And I go, oh, that's a little too excited. Hello, hello. Well, you know, you're asleep now, Ben. And like, just how many times I'll like rush through words and and mumble the the equivalent of a flam on the snare. Uh, they would be like, he spends way too much time on his intros. So I get it, believe me. And no, I'm sure I'm like, the totally first one would have been like just fine. It totally sounds like you do a one take. Oh, oh well, like, I mean, it is one take eventually, but it's like I do a bunch of... Yeah, it's, but the thing uh, is, I, I don't. I, I think this is actually like now I'm. I'm. I'm like the. I always sidetrack, so I'm very sorry. I always like blah blah, whatever. But I think it's very common that people re-record things more than people would think, or mm -hmm. like they redo a video, like it. They spend like more time than maybe people would think. Like because when I see drummers on Instagram, I'm like. Everyone is doing one takes and how does it sound so good? Nothing is messed up. Everything is so tight. Yada yada. And I'm like, I recorded this like 15 times and it's not good enough. Like, mm -hmm. but then it's social media. Perhaps they were also struggling, did some retakes, whatever, oh, yeah. some punch-ins. I don't know. I so, would say 99% of them, it's not their first take. You so know? I, so yeah, so I can like, I think I have one video that was actually a one take. I don't remember what video it was but so like everybody i do a lot of takes on my videos i can i can be honest with that there yeah there you go <laughs> but all right so a performance which you either played or witnessed that altered your musical course yeah so this was actually when i discovered pop music no not really but like <laughs> in live performance because as i told you i was studying jazz music mm -hmm. and you know, I'm, Sweden is a really small country. I never like actually been to like cool concerts, like big arena concerts or anything. But so I remember um, it was back in 2015. Uh, I saw Jesse J in Copenhagen. At that time, I was living in Malmo, which is like the third biggest city in Sweden, which is really small. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend was like, okay, I'm going to go to Copenhagen and watch Jesse J. Do you want to go with me? I was like, um, who is that again? And I was like, okay, I've heard this song. Yeah, why not? Like, let's go. And then we went there, and then it was like the first second in the show. I was like, man, what is this? <laughs> it was also like this whole live thing, pop arrangement thing. That was also new to me. Like, I sound like a newbie, and I really am a newbie. Like, I'm not from a musical background at all. Like, I've been living under a rock my whole life. <laughs> so so I was, like, immediately blown away. I was like, this is another artist live. And so it was this whole, like, gospel chops thing, the arrangement, you know, the solo, the bass solo, whatever. And, that, I, and also, I think is Jonathan Ginger playing because he was playing the tour, the Sweet Talker tour that year. So I'm pretty sure um, that he's playing. And this is so fun. I wanted to like um, text him on Instagram and ask. So I didn't like say it was him and then he had a stand in whatever, because I've been trying to do some research if it's actually him or not, but whatever. But then I saw, I, I wrote him a message like 2018 and I was like, who is the other guy on tour with Jesse J? It's not you. You're so much better. And then I was like, I cannot text him again because this is so embarrassing. He's like, he cannot see this message. Did he Did he see the first one and just didn't respond? No, no. I, uh, yeah, I don't think he's ever seen it. But okay. now we're kind of following each other. So I don't want to risk him seeing that message from 2018 when I was totally embarrassing. Like, who's the other guy? Why aren't you playing? Whatever. Sidetracking. Uh, so, uh, and then... The whole Jesse J thing and the whole pop thing, I was like, this is what I want to do. That's why this moment was kind of important for me, because that actually made me like realize, okay, I don't want to be a jazz drummer. Because I, I didn't know like what I wanted to be. Okay, I don't want to be a jazz drummer, but what do I want? And then when I saw this, I'm like, okay, I want to play pop music. And then I watched like some other live performances on YouTube um with jesse J, like maybe i watched one concert like a thousand times the wireless festival th 2015 i think um i watched I believe that a lot you wrote of that you watched it 999,808 <clears throat> oh. times in your notes <laughs> so it's a little bit more than you said just then yeah but anyway so that was 
a very important moment for me, that concert. And thank you, Jesse J, and thank you, Ginger, and all the other musicians on that concert. Yeah, I'm trying to think what my first... My first concert was uh, Beach Boys. I mean, it, well, oh. that wasn't your first concert. That was your first, I guess, huge concert. But, but when, uh, when did you realize you wanted to be like a musician? Was it by then or before? I would say, I mean, I grew up on my dad's construction site. So my childhood, even though I'm 34, was 60s and 70s music. And so just the L.A. LA recording scene. So like now, now I know Hal Blaine, Jim Gordon, all those guys. But just very simple but very impactful drum parts. Um, but I will say my first record that I ever really got excited about the drums on was InSync's first record. I just, I mean, it's all fake drums, but I remember just that record specifically was what taught me how to play dr like a drum part. Yeah. You know, because it was very clear. They were turned up so high in the mix and mm -hmm. boom, ba boom, boom, cat. Uh, so yeah, many a day playing along to InSync's first record. Maybe it's not yeah. their first record. It's their, it's their main record. That's so cool. Um, I actually don't know Jesse J., you don't? I don't, actually. But this is also, this is very funny. Like, when I moved to United States, I was so embarrassed because everybody was name dropping everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, I don't know who that is. Who is that? What's that band? Who's that artist? Like, as I mentioned, like, living in Sweden is like basically living under a rock. I don't, I, I know Toto. <laughs> like, let's separate. But <laughs> it's like, I don't really know their, like, American music history that well. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should, and, you know, I've, I've been trying to, like, learn something, but it's a lot of, like, names that I don't know, so you're very excused. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this this whole poor format of the podcast, uh, I would say, uh, not a huge majority, but it's embarrassing how many names that people drop that I don't know. Um, so I'm also not, I, you didn't say you're not cool, but I'll say <laughs> I'm not cool at all. But that's that's why I like this, and I hope if I don't know, it means there's at least one audience listener that doesn't know. And uh, yeah, because so, I was, hello, I audience was, listener. <laughs> I was like a bit nervous because I've been listening to some episodes, and everyone is name dropping, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I hope he's not gonna name drop, name drop. I was like, I was, am I gonna warn him that I might not even know the names? Like, but I was like, whatever, I'm just me. If I don't know it, I was like, okay, what am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I added a lot of the, hey, man, God, can you just, uh, let me just research that guy real quick, you know. Um, <laughs> all right, so, number four, yes. your favorite drummer and how their overall body of work has has affected you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think every drummer have a hard time mentioning, like, one specific mm. drummer because mm -hmm. we all, like, have a ton of influences. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, like, recently, maybe, like, Almost two years ago or something, I discovered Brian Frazemore. You know, I had my, like, rule models, like, people I look up to, like, Lorna Lewis, among a lot of other drummers. Mm -hmm. But it's something with Brian Frazemore that's, like, speaking to me. Not only he's playing all the gigs that I would dream of playing, <laughs> yeah. but, but he's such, like, he plays with like a soul and it's not too much and it's not too little but it's like he can play how much you want and how little you want like and he's like so smart and he's sharing like his knowledge and i just started to listen to a lot of his podcast episode where he is like part of podcast and like his own videos and he was also um he also did a clinic when i was at mi um and I was like, this guy is something else. Yeah. And I, I can't like, his playing is just right. Whatever mm -hmm. he's doing is just right. Does he even have bad days? I want to ask him someday. <laughs> and Brian, do you have bad days? Please tell me. Well, let's just play a clip of him. And then we can, uh, I'm sure we'll have something to talk about <laughs> after listening to him play.
he's doing, he still have some type of groove. Mm-hmm. He's never out, like, he's never like spacing out. He's always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a really big inspiration for me. And also, he seems just so humble. How can you be that good? How like the best gigs in the world and be that humble? That's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I would say Ash Stone. I put in that same category of just top tier. And he is the one of the most approachable, humble dudes in the world. So you have another drummer in this category, which, and again, I don't assume I, when me and Chris first did the format, uh, we had just five drum fills kind of thing. But if I had to do this style of the format, I don't know what I would choose. I guess leave on helm and I say it <laughs> so much. I think it's like a little, you should have a drink every episode, every time I say leave on and you'd be wasted by the time you get done. <laughs> but I'll stop talking. Like I said, you uh, chose uh, Annika, Annika Niles. Is that how? The I... thing is, I also like, okay, because this is this girl. Girl, I have to mention you. Oh, my freaking God. Yeah. Um, I say Annika Niles, but okay. I think it's Annika Niles. I'm sorry, Annika. I'm really sorry about your last name. Um, this is my first, like, rule model, my first inspiration uh, I was 19 when the same time as you know started practice and you know I wanted to become a drummer. I'm like, but there's no female drummers, and I'm like, oh, who is this? And I discovered Annika, and she was like such a game changer for me because I was like, oh my god, she played drums. I can maybe play drums too. Like if she can do it, maybe I can do it. And then also I didn't understand like. <clears throat> half of the things she was playing but it sounded really cool and i was like maybe if i practice i can you know (laughs) yeah learn something from her and also like how she like he she hits so hard on the drums i've seen her i think it's three times Mm. uh yeah two times in sweden at a clinic and then one time actually a guitar center in um uh, at sunset oh wow Uh, what was she yeah, doing yeah. there? It was, but she did a clinic. It was right when I moved to LA. And I was like, Annika's doing a clinic. I'm like, no way. I'm going. Um, so I've seen her th- uh, three times. And she, her kick is so loud, like in a good way, so punchy. And she hits super hard. And I was like, I also want to hit hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, and also like her grip is not the, like, um, gospel and Mary like her grip is also pretty loose and she also has like her fingers I don't want to like talk details about her technique because I don't want to like say wrong but you know she have her fingers uh, pretty straight like on the sticks and uh, it's hard to explain in words I'm like trying to (laughs) show with my hands I'm like you're not gonna see this no but I just took so much inspiration from her um so i really want to thank you annika because you inspire i think you inspire more people than you think mm-hmm. with your playing like honestly i was i was inspired you've, you've seen her three times does she have a mm-hmm. definitive way that she approaches the drums that that caught your attention um she is a lot about knowing what you're playing she's counting and playing at the same time like okay so i'm gonna play this um and I'm going to count at the same time and the audience is totally lost. I think one time we were going to clap as well or something. But she is a lot about knowing what you're playing, where you are, how to get back. Yeah, Annika's great. Annika's great. Again, I would love to have her on the show. Uh, let's yeah. just play a little clip from her. And this is, I believe, one of her songs. This is her song, Piccolar. Oh my gosh. So many wor- words are butchered on, on my end of every episode, but P I K A. I say Piccolar. Piccolar. All right. P I K A L A R. Piccolar. All right. There we go. Well, here it is. Here's a few seconds of that.
Oh my gosh. It sounds so good. Like it's so clear and it's so punchy and it's like, it's everything. <laughs> it is everything. Yeah. And uh, when they focused on her, on her foot, she buries the beater a lot of times. And I'm always in my head, I'm like, stop doing that. But hey, if Annika can do it, then I can do it too. Yeah. I actually, I've, I've started, um, you know, when you play pop, you start, I, I was always burying the beater. Mm -hmm. And this was like, I didn't even know it was a thing until I moved to US and learned like it was called burying the beater or whatever. It's a lot of musical terms. I'm like, I never heard of this. What is this? Okay, it means that. Okay, cool. Anyway, but when you play pop, you play with bass drum triggers, mm -hmm. you cannot bury the beater. Yeah. Like, so I had to practice that, like, not happening because you don't want to double trick. No. Uh, so now I never play it anymore. And I'm like, I need to be able to switch. So I need to practice burying it again so I can do, like, both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had Jojo Mayer on last week and he was talking about, he was, like, 35 when he he, he was taught to not bury the beater. And he, I mean, so that was, that was pretty late in his, his career. And people used to come to him for his bass drum technique. And then Freddie Gruber was like, you got to stop. And it was, he was, there was a few months where he, he couldn't play the way he used to play, but he couldn't play the new way. And he was like, oh my <laughs> God, I'm done. All right. So the sound of a particular record that helped mold your tuning style. And I love this drummer. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and also um, a drummer I have to like talk about with the tuning stuff is Chris Coleman. And it's not like, again, it's not like from a record or something. It's just him as a drummer, as a solo drummer. Every time he plays, like, his drums sound amazing. The thing is, he won, like, because of him, I, from the beginning, I wanted a sonore so bad. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God, I need to get a sonore. Now I'm very happy I don't play sonore. But, but still, like, the sound of his toms and his bass drum. And even his snare. But I like the like super high-pitched, clear, I don't know, like the gospel-inspired tuning. Uh, and like he was, uh, my even if I love Annika, she's played a little bit like low tuning. But I really got stuck with this high tuning thing. Like I crank this, like people ask me how I tune. I'm like, I just crank everything. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I crank it. And I put like slap clats on it. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's playing too. Like that's also one of my favorite drummers. But you know, there's a lot of favorite drummers. <laughs> sure. His, he, <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched a Chris Coleman video and not, you just smile the whole time. Because he's yeah. just like, <laughs> he's always in a good mood. You know, mood. also what I've heard is like that he hits exactly in the middle of the drums. Like, I heard if he plays on new drum heads and you look at his, this is only rumors. I don't know. I haven't seen this with my oh, own eyes, but I I believe this. Yeah, it's like uh, exactly centered in the middle, mm -hmm. and he's like the hits is like right there, and like he also hits so hard. Like mm. he's a yeah, he's so good and fast and everything <laughs> well i mean that pertains to his tuning i mean i think the reason you like his tuning is because he is consistent you know so not yeah. only is as he tune his drums a certain way they always sound the same way because he hits them in the center uh so yes that, again i just arbitrarily i didn't arbitrarily this one was a little more uh a lot of the videos his drums weren't turned up as much in the mix you couldn't hear his bass drum as much he was playing a little more ensemble stuff or if it was a solo, it wasn't the best audio, but this one was, I think, the best I could find of a good example of, of his tuning.
It's also making me want to get three rack toms. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe I should get an eight inch. Um, his <laughs> he's the kind of player that like if there's like a backline gear like the the cymbal stand shows up for the gig and there's like Ugh, it's Chris I'm gonna fall apart today now. <laughs> and he's he's been playing with Beck a little bit too lately, and so I'm assuming his tuning has to change a little bit because this is not the Beck style tuning the way that that sounded, but no. it shows how versatile he is. Yeah, really cool, really good, amazing drummer. All right, well, Lena, that is your those are your top five. Uh, yeah. When so when can people be excited to see you back in the states? Um, hopefully. Uh, in the beginning of next year that's my goal mm-hmm. but you know there is a bit trouble like with the pandemic and the visas and you know everything so hopefully in january okay but yeah that's what i'm trying that's my goal mm-hmm. so every artist in nashville and in los angeles you can just call me by that no <laughs> exactly <laughs> put in the calendar january 3rd call lena exactly exactly great. okay that's great well do you have anything you want to give a little shout out for any projects you're working on anything you're uh, you're up to i, I want to yo okay i i want to i want to give a shout out to like the brands that are working with me please do yeah yeah so like pearl sabian vicfirth like remo um focus right like it, it like gives me opportunities like I'm very very honored and grateful and like I, I'm I'm never gonna stop saying that like I'm never gonna take anything for granted and I'm like so grateful like I'm, okay count how many times I say grateful I need to learn other like words than grateful but you know thankful. what grateful is a great word and I yeah. <laughs> used half that in describing it so it's full of great all right, Lena. Well, thanks for being on the show, and I thanks will. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Yeah. Well, uh, this is this is awesome. So I'll I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. How many that times was... are we gonna do? You, I cannot say bye. <laughs> Just oh, don't don't. Cut cut cut. No. You can say something else if you want. I can just drop it in. And that's the show. Be sure to subscribe. And if you're listening on a platform that allows for ratings or reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, which means the show will get better and bigger. And hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'd be an OG listener that could brag to all your friends. Um, Anyways, also, why don't you go ahead and check out BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the socials. Just search for at BigFatSnareDrum and you will find it. This show is edited in part using Isotope RX-8 Audio Editor. It's amazing. So go check that out at isotope.com. Bye.